0: Welcome to The Voice of the Resistance with Doc Washburn. We are the show that pushes back against the Uniparty and lets you in on the news that traditional talk radio is afraid to talk about. The Doc Washburn Show podcast is available for download at all your favorite podcast platforms. You can email us at contact at docwashburnshow.com. This is episode 177 of the all-new Doc Washburn Show. It's Monday, June twentieth, 2022. I watch conservative media, not just liberal mainstream media, but conservative media, lie about the whole transgender situation? And I have something I need to get off my chest. Also, why did Dementia Joe really fall off his bike in Delaware Saturday? And could you use a helpful explainer about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia? Details coming up. Just so you understand where I'm coming from, I was fired by one of the biggest radio companies in America, Cumulus Media, simply because I refused their vaccine mandate. More evidence comes out all the time. that A lot of people are having serious negative reactions to the vaccines. Also, I will never call Joe Biden president because it's obvious the last U.S. presidential election was stolen. So this is a really different kind of talk show. We are unmasked, uncensored, and unfiltered. If you'd like to support what we do, go to our website, DocWashburn.com, and click on the button that says Become a Patron. Okay, most days when I'm preparing to do my show, I have the TV news on. So I was flipping back and forth between Fox and Newsmax today. I recently found out our satellite provider dropped One American News, so we're going to have to find a cable system that still carries it. Anyway. Fox News Channel's outnumbered show brought on Bruce Jenner, who's actually a paid Fox contributor these days. And Harris Faulkner and Kaylee McEnany both had to pretend that he's a woman named Caitlin. So I switched over to Newsmax. They were talking about the same story Fox was discussing with Jenner, the International Swimming Federation ruling that guys who are pretending to be women can no longer compete with women and girls in female swimming competitions. So, of course, Newsmax also refers to William Thomas as Leah and calls him she. Now, just to be clear, there is no such thing as a transgender woman. There are guys pretending to be women. And by the way, Fox News Channel will never tell you With the possible exception of Tucker. That women on the University of Pennsylvania swim team have complained to their coaches that Thomas makes no attempt to cover up his male genitalia in the locker room and that he is still attracted to women. These female swimmers on the swim team. Say they have been told to shut up about it. Now. The dream of most people who do what I do is to get a good-paying job to be a commentator or even a host of a show on a channel like Fox News Channel. But it's not worth it if you have to lie. It is so disappointing to me to see two Christian women, people I admire like Harris Faulkner and Kaylee McEnany, have to pretend a man is a woman. No amount of money is worth telling a lie. It is written, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. I will never compromise on the truth. Last year, Bruce Jenner went on The View, and Joy Behar committed the unforgivable liberal sin of telling the truth. She absentmindedly kept referring to Jenner with male pronouns. A few hours later, Jenner went on Sean Hannity's show on Fox News Channel, and Sean said, I don't think Joy Behar intentionally misgendered you, Caitlin. Now, this is Sean Hannity, who for years has told us, I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. Really, Sean? So just what are you trying to conserve by lying about the possibility of a man becoming a woman? By the way, For the last eight months, ever since I got kicked off the radio for refusing the death jab, a lot of people have told me they really miss hearing me on the radio, at least people in central Arkansas. That's where most of my listeners were because I did local talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas. So I'll admit, I, I miss being on the radio too. So for those of you who pray, I have a prayer request. Ever since the late, great Rush Limbaugh, Maha Rushi passed, passed away, Sean Hannity has been the most listened-to talk radio host in America by default. When I was still doing talk radio in Little Rock, Arkansas, the station that was trying to compete with the station I was on put Sean Hannity on up against me at the same time. Every time the quarterly ratings report came out, I crushed him in the ratings. Six quarters in a row. For a year and a half, I obliterated Sean Hannity in the radio ratings in a top 100 market. In a top 100 market. So wouldn't it make sense to let me do that on multiple stations in different parts of the country? I mean, he's right for the picking. So we're praying that the Lord will open the door for me to do exactly that. And we would appreciate your prayers also. All right, now, I want to get to the situation about Ukraine. I came across a remarkable video clip from 2016, a guy named John Mearsheimer. He's a professor at University of Chicago, has his PhD, he's a political scientist, and international relations scholar, and uh, I got to tell you, What he said was um, very gripping. Six years before the Ukraine-Russia Cold War became a hot war this year. Here's what this guy said.
1: After a few more years, we may think that Um, The crisis over Ukraine was the biggest mistake we made. Uh, I'm actually very nervous about the situation in Europe. Uh, The Russians have uh, thousands of nuclear weapons. They're scared. uh, And we're doing a number of things in Eastern Europe that they view as very provocative. I've spent a lot of time studying great power behavior. And great powers tend to be paranoid. You you cannot underestimate how scared they get. Uh, When you take a country... Like Russia that has a sense of vulnerability uh, and you begin to push them towards the ledge you get in their face uh, you're asking for trouble right it's possible that they might use those nuclear weapons uh, it's possible you could have a real war in Eastern Europe and uh, and uh, and this makes me very nervous, right? Iraq is a disaster, but the consequences for the United States, as I said earlier, are just not that great because we're so secure. But once you start introducing nuclear weapons into the equation, uh, it's a different story. And I would also add that because... The Cold War is in the distant past. Most people, especially younger people, haven't thought a lot about nuclear weapons and nuclear deterrence. And they tend to be quite cavalier uh, in their comments about nuclear weapons. And this makes me very nervous. So I think that you're right from the perspective of today that Iraq was the biggest mistake. But I think the Ukraine crisis, which goes back to your point about the third tranche of NATO expansion,
0: may be seen as the biggest uh, problem. Um, have you ever thought about it that way? Because see, it, it, it seems to me that Biden and his handlers are trying to goad Russia into a hot war with us, you know? And, uh, last time I checked, Putin still has nukes. And, uh, So, a whole idea of uh, great powers being paranoid. Why would you want to poke the bear? I mean, and, and this is a bigger issue than just um, all the money laundering that's been going on through Ukraine, lo, these many years and... Uh, And Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. It's a it's a bigger deal than that. Anyway, um, I just uh, I thought I should share that with you because it's it's very concerning to me. Um, and, uh, I, you know, the ruble, the Russian ruble is doing better now than it's done in seven years. So everything Biden says he's been doing to try to hamper Russia. Uh-uh, no. No, it's totally the other way around. Russia is doing great. How does it help? Our farmers to boycott fertilizer from Russia. China's buying a lot of fuel from Russia. They're doing great. Just so you know. Now, um, have you heard why Joe Biden fell off his bike Saturday? This guy who goes by Brick Suit over on Twitter has a lot of video and diagrams and, um, creepy Joe is always going to creepy Joe. So here's how he explained it. This is,
2: a. Uh, a little over a minute and a half long. By now, you may have seen this clip of Joe Biden falling off of his bicycle rather unceremoniously. And if you guessed that the reason was because a small child was in the crowd, you'd be right. Now, yesterday, I actually put out a tweet about that before any of this other footage came out, wondering why exactly was Joe stopping? And it turns out that I was correct. There was a kid in the crowd. Now, normally at this part in their ride, the Bidens will... Peel off to the right. Follow the bike path there. So, and as you can see from these other photos, they've done that. And you can see in the video from yesterday, Jill Biden wearing that magenta jacket. She's going off to the right. But not Joe. Joe makes a slight steering correction and heads straight towards someone he sees in the crowd. And here's a clip from afterwards. You can see as Joe gets up, he starts talking to someone, bending down, talking to someone in the crowd. Now, there's no wheelchair there and Robert Reich is nowhere in the vicinity and here you can see a ponytail so we know he's talking to a small girl and actually photos surfaced afterwards showing the two of them together. So I don't know what they were discussing that was so important that Joe had to stop. Maybe it was inflation, uh, price of gas, situation in Ukraine, the open border, fall of the American economy, or perhaps just he needs to know what type of shampoo she was using. So there it is. Joe Biden crashed yesterday because he was so excited to see a small girl in the crowd that he couldn't remember how to get his feet out of the pedals.
0: Now remember, this is the same Joe Biden whose daughter Ashley wrote in her diary about inappropriate showers he took with her when she was a little girl. And Tucker Carlson finally talked about it last Friday night on his show on Fox. Remember, there's plenty of photographic evidence, video evidence, of Joe Biden being inappropriately handsy with little girls. Numerous occasions. Told you about that on the the last episode of the Doc Washburn Show. Just do a search, internet search for Creepy Joe Biden. You'll get it especially if you use DuckDuckGo instead of Google. But anyway, I wonder how many parents would let their minor children anywhere near Joe Biden if they knew this. Frequently, I see people on social media say, well, because this came out, there's no excuse for that. Whatever it is, you know, fill in the blank. Since this came out, there's no excuse for anybody to do this or not do that. I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Sure, it came out, but the overwhelming majority of Americans have no idea. No idea. It was Jesse Waters sent um, a staffer out. In New York City, asked people about January six. People had no idea what he's talking about. No idea. January six. What? Uh, what? What's that about? So, you know, um, never assume people have any idea what you're talking about. Never assume people have heard about what you have heard about, but since we are the talk show that tries to get the word out about things that conservative media and other talk shows ignore, wouldn't be a bad idea to tell your friends to check us out at docwashburn.com. Okay. Now, um. So this situation with the staffers of the Stephen Colbert show who were uh, arrested for being in the Senate office building or a house office building, I guess. Got an update on that. Got an update on that. So Rachel Semel, she's the communications director for the Center for Renewing America. And She said this band of cameramen and so-called comedians, as one of them told me he was, were disrupting the January 6th due process press conference with Louie Gohmert, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Congressman Troy Nels of Texas, Andy Biggs of Arizona. And the attorney representing some of these January six political prisoners, Joseph McBride. She said, furthermore, they were mocking the stories of horrific conditions in jail for these political prisoners. She said, nor did they seem to find it inappropriate to joke around while Jerry Pain- Perna spoke of the suicide of her nephew, due to the abuse he suffered at the hands of the U.S. government. Stephen Colbert and his team have a lot of explaining to do. Also, comedians are supposed to be funny. They aren't. She said, when I asked one of the producers of the Stephen Colbert team if they knew the press conference they were interrupting and mocking, was one focused on the abuse of political prisoners, including one who has had taken his life. His response was, well, we all got to get paid. Do anything for money." Julie Kelly responded to this saying they are Democrat party activists, not comedians, which is why their unlawful incursion into two Capitol buildings and harassment of Republican lawmakers, should be treated no differently than January 6ers." She said, so not only did Stephen Colbert's thugs try to hunt down Republican lawmakers last week, they crashed the press conference on Capitol Hill featuring the families and lawyers of January Six detainees mocking and harassing them. She said uh, working on a clip, but here are photos of a slob who hides behind a puppet that triumphed the insult dog, right? Robert Smigel. At the event, as relatives talk about loved ones in solitary confinement for over a year. His presence is so disruptive that one organizer tries to shield his camera. No, they're not entertainers, they're left wing activists. Just, uh, just thought you want to know. Thought it might be of interest to you. Okay, now, just getting started. Um, I came across this very odd video the other day. We talk about how um, inappropriate these drag queen shows, the drag queen strip shows, transgender strip shows, whatever you want to call them, are for little children. Okay? So uh, the odd video clip I came across is of a guy dressed up in drag saying, look, um, what we do really is not appropriate for children, okay? I was not expecting that. Because on social media, you see all the time these drag guys reveling and performing for little kids. You know what I'm saying? See it all the time. So I, I just, I did not expect one of them to say, hey, look, let me uh, let me just tell you what's up here. Anyway, here he is. What in the hell has a drag queen ever done
3: to make you have so much respect for them and admire them so much? Other than put on makeup and and jump on the floor and ride around and do sexual things on stage. I have absolutely no idea why you would want that to influence your child. Would you want a stripper or a porn star to influence your child? It, It makes no sense at all. A drag queen performs in a nightclub for adults. There is a lot of filth that goes on. A lot of sexual stuff that goes on. And backstage, there's a lot of nudity, sex, and drugs. Okay? So I don't think that this is an avenue you would want your child to explore. They could explore dressing up at home, like we all did. Like all gay boys did. We all dressed at home. and we had a great time. We had a great time with our girlfriends, putting on makeup, trying on clothes, things like that. But to actually get them involved in drag is extremely, extremely irresponsible on your part. And I understand you might want to look like you're with it, that you're cool, that you're woke, that you're not a Nazi, that you're not a homophobe, whatever, whatever it may be. But you can raise your child to be just a normal, regular, everyday child without including them in gay sexual things, and honestly, you're not doing the gay community any favors, in fact, you're hurting us, okay, we have already had a reputation of being pedophiles, and being perverts, and deviants, we don't need you to bring your children around, so you keep your kids at home, or take them to Disneyland, or take them to Chuck E. Cheese, but if you need your child to be entertained by a big human in a costume, or in makeup, take them to the circus, or something when they turn 18 then why don't you take them to the clubs on their 18th birthday because it's an adult thing okay so don't ruin your child's life and don't ruin us because that's what you're
0: doing wow didn't expect that so this guy is actually saying look this is uh inappropriate for kids right It's inappropriate to uh, get kids involved in this whole drag thing, right? Now, I'll never forget. It must have been uh, three or four years ago. This 11-year-old kid who has a stage mother. Dad is nowhere in sight. Dad's not in the picture. 11-year-old kid, they call him Desmond. Desmond is amazing. At 11, he was uh, dancing in gay clubs as a drag queen. And so they had him come on uh, ABC, Good Morning America. And Michael Strahan, just clapping like a seal. Just, oh, this is great. This is wonderful. Oh, man, you're amazing, Desmond. Desmond. They pay you that much, Michael? Do you pretend there's nothing wrong with it? You know, they say the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Now, I would have thought that maybe Michael Strahan would have heard that somewhere along the line, maybe in his upbringing. But I've been wrong before. Grew up in Houston. I don't know. Maybe you didn't go to church. I don't know, man. Just amazing to me. How people are willing to uh, just uh, sell the kids down the river. Amazing to me. Nikki Freed is the Secretary of Agriculture in Florida, and she wants to be the Democrat nominee for governor to challenge Ron DeSantis because, you know, somebody's got to be a sacrificial lamb to lose in a landslide to DeSantis. And Nikki Freed's like, well, why shouldn't that be me? And she is like far left, far left. And the other day, she was talking about how wonderful the whole transgender drag show thing is. And it went something like this.
4: When it comes to parental choice, it's only parental choice if you agree with his plenty. That's where we're at right now. And and the fact of the matter is...
0: You know what? That sounds too muffled. And I apologize. She's talking about parental choice. And it's only good if you agree with me. Chris Hayes, that guy over on MSNBC the other day, was saying that to keep children away from uh, drag queen shows is extreme. That's extremist behavior, to keep children away from seeing these men flouncing around making fun of women. Really? Seriously. Seriously. Now, I've got more. A kindergarten teacher out there on, I guess it's Instagram or TikTok. Kindergarten teacher talking about how, how wonderful it is that he came out to his four- and five-year-old students. This person's mentally ill, should never have been allowed anywhere near children in the first place. Know what I'm saying? Should never have been allowed anywhere near children in the first place. But for some reason he was, and on the last day of school figured, well, I need to unload and let these kids know what a pervert I am and just see see how that works out. So this this is how we uh, talked about it today. On the last day, I finally decided to
5: come out to my kids, and my kids are older; they're four and five. And the way that I did it is just read them a book about this teddy bear that uh, kind of comes out as a trans girl, and it's really nice and it's very simple. They understood it right away, and I think what made me cry the most was that afterwards, like I kind of looked at them, and there was just a silence in the room, and I just saw like, oh my god, now they see me as a totally different person, and before this, they loved me. I was such uh you know one of their favorite teachers and it felt so good to have that and i think that's one of the biggest fears i had is that as soon as they found out about me they would lose all love for me and then one of my kids breaks the silence and she gets up and she just is like she just hugs me and she's just like everyone give Ruti a hug and they all came and they gave me a hug and she was just like we love you like we love you so much and I'm, I'm, yeah, I, it made me really emotional, and it was, I think, one of the biggest moments in my transition where I truly felt, like, at peace with, um, with who I am and that, like, even kids can understand it, and even kids can accept me, and so it doesn't make any sense when adults can because if a kid can, why can't a it- understand and accept. And I've actually been having a lot of conversations recently about this, just in general, about this idea that, like, queer people are indoctrinating kids
0: and, like, uh, that Texas law that's going to ban. That's exactly what he did. He's mentally ill. He's sick. And he was indoctrinating these kids, and there's no excuse for it. There's absolutely, positively no excuse for it. Do you want your kids? Do you want your grandkids around this kind of perversion? It's outrageous. Gee, I wonder why so many uh, parents are turning to a homeschooling. I wonder why. So, a co-producer of the Blues Clues show, a Nickelodeon, Nick Jr., was talking about her idea that you should not keep kids away from gay pride parades even if clearly the parade has uh, inappropriate sexual content going on. So I had to find out who this person was, and she actually—I I say she because I, you know, it looks like this is actually a woman, not not some guy pretending to be a woman. She, well, look—I I don't want to—I want to characterize it. Uh, member of good standing, uh, employee of Nickelodeon here. I want to clarify this for a second here.
6: I'm not saying that kink isn't kid-friendly. I'm saying that kids and kink can coexist at Pride in a totally fine way. There's a nuance here that making an event kid-friendly doesn't mean sanitizing it, a.k.a. taking something like kink out of Pride. Making Pride kid-friendly is not the same thing as sanitizing Pride. Making a Pride event kid-friendly, or I I prefer kids safe is about making sure we're including and putting kid and youth voices and including them in pride and particularly any justice spaces. Kids and youth voices are vital to justice movements because they are a vulnerable and marginalized group on their own, which includes their intersecting identities
0: and oppressions.
6: So I'm not saying that kink is inappropriate for kids. I'm saying they can and
0: should coexist with each other. Yeah, they're vulnerable, all right, which is why you should never be allowed anywhere in them. Got it? Yeah, they're definitely vulnerable. Good grief. It is a sick society. And, you know, I'm not surprised when a great man of God like uh, John MacArthur says that... uh, This country is unfortunately going through the judgment that God describes in the first chapter of Paul's letter to the Romans. Not surprised. Not surprised. It's a shame. But I can't lie to you about it, and I can't sugarcoat it, okay? And if that's... If that's what you want, you got the wrong guy. Now, I do want to say how appreciative we are of our advertisers for making it possible for us to bring you the truth day after day after day. If you try to buy a car recently, you realize there's such a chip shortage, you may have a hard time finding what you're looking for. People I know have actually bought vehicles from hundreds of miles away from where they live. That's where Red River Your Way comes in. Red River Your Way is a big old car dealership. In the middle of the USA, that believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV the way you want to. You can buy online, and they'll drive it to you no matter where you are. Red River Your Way wants to make your car buying experience as easy and transparent as possible. That's why they've added technology to their website to put you in complete control of your payment options and allows you to complete the entire purchase process online. But don't worry, Red River experts are still... Here to help you every step of the way if you have any questions. Red River makes it so easy. As you browse their selection, you'll see each vehicle has a button that says Explore Payment Options on it. Clicking that button guides you through a few easy questions and then create personalized payment options you have complete control over. All you have to do is adjust your preferences, and all the math happens automatically so you can figure out what monthly payment works best for your budget. Red River Your Way makes car buying online easy. Your whole car buying process is completely transparent. If you want to buy a car, truck, van, or SUV, order online from the Nationwide Car Dealer that believes in freedom, the dealer that will deliver your vehicle to your front door no matter where you live, RedRiverYourWay.com. You will be glad you did. We talk a lot about pushing back against the overreach of the federal government. What better example would there be? Then Obamacare. Are you like most Americans? Did Obamacare, the so-called Affordable Care Act, make your health care more expensive? Does your health insurance premium feel like a second mortgage? Does your sky-high deductible prevent you from going to the doctor? Do your sky-high co-pays keep you from going to the doctor? If you answered yes to any of these questions, you need to go to a website called MyFamilyHealthPlan.com. When you click on MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, you see the big, bold letters, Affordable plans, save 30 to 50% on premiums, personalized health coverage, low to no deductible, no co And then that big, beautiful red button that says schedule, call now. You click on the red button, you book a free consultation with my friend Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage, and he also makes sure that your personalized health coverage gives you a plan that doesn't force you to cover things like abortion, horrible things, which would... Deeply offend your deeply held religious beliefs. Myfamilyhealthplan.com. Affordable plans. Save 30 to 50% on premiums. Personalized health coverage. Low to no deductible. No co-pays. Click the big red button. Schedule a call now. Book a free consultation with Art Wilborn. He makes sure there are no gaps in your coverage. Save money on your insurance at myfamilyhealthplan.com. All right, let me ask you this. Does your financial advisor take the time to listen and get to know you? Is your financial strategy personalized for you and your family? Will your financial advisor be there as your life and financial situations change? When you work with Jonathan Presswood, he focuses on what's important to you. He uses an established process to help you achieve your unique goals, whether that's preparing for retirement, making your money last in retirement, planning your estate or inheritance, Preparing for the unexpected or anything else, Jonathan Presswood can help. Now, what should you do if you leave a job and have a 401k or other retirement plan? Or if you're getting close to retirement or already in retirement, call my friend Jonathan Presswood today. He'll help you create a personalized financial strategy backed by the advice, tools, and resources to help you reach your goals. And he'll partner together with you to help your strategy stay on track no matter what life throws at you. Listen, we can all dream of having a perfect retirement, but how many of us will actually experience it? No matter where you are today, Jonathan Presswood is offering a free retirement analysis to figure out where you'd like to be and what it will take to get you there. And there's no obligation. Contact Jonathan Presswood, a financial advisor with Edward Jones Investments, today at 501-501. 303-4844. Again, that's 501-303-4844. Don't wait. Call Jonathan Presswood today at 501-303-4844. Now, if you're like me, you can't remember phone numbers, go to our website, docwashburnshow.com. Just click on the link to Jonathan Presswood at Edward Jones. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Right, I want to say thank you again to our friends, our advertisers, Jonathan Presswood and Edward Jones, Art Wilborn, MyFamilyHealthPlan.com, and, of course, my buddy Mitch, Mitch Ward over at Red River Your Way. Appreciate you guys. All right, um... Had you heard the governor of the state of Washington is predicting a summer full of blackouts, destruction, and death? Heard about that? The PostMillennial.com has the article. It's an eerie letter that he sent to supporters last week predicting... They're in for a summer of blackouts, destruction, and death over the alleged climate crisis. The letter was sent directly after Governor Jay Inslee, Washington State, gave tacit support for destroying four dams along the Snake River, which account for 8% of Washington State's annual electricity generation. That's a report from Environmental Director of Washington Policy Center, Todd Myers who tweeted out last week. Last week, Governor Inslee gave implicit support to destroying the Snake River dams and 8% of Washington's electricity generation. Today, he sent an email warning about electricity shortages this summer. The email warned that heightened temperatures will catastrophically disrupt electrical grids nationwide, resulting in death The email says it's shaping up to be a deadly summer. As the climate crisis worsens, we're facing the most extreme summer weather in history. Well, well, that's not true. While Washington State faced the wettest start to the summer in over 70 years, other states are preparing for sweltering temperatures that will catastrophically disrupt our fragile electrical grid. That means blackouts, destruction, and death. Just look at the headlines. Governor Inslee and U.S. Senator Patty Murray, Democrat, Washington State, released a draft report in early June saying that breaching the Snake River dams would allegedly be the best way to save Snake River salmon that are on the endangered species list. Center Square reports the proposal will cost taxpayers between $10 billion and $27 billion, of finding other way, as finding other ways to provide irrigation and electricity does not come as an easy feat. Myers has long warned about removing the dams from the Snake River, which has been a topic of discussion in the state for decades, stating that the removal of the dams will be akin to destroying every wind turbine and solar panel in Washington. In a piece for the Seattle Times newspaper, he said, Annually, the dams generate about 8.3 million megawatt hours of electricity, or 8% of Washington's energy. That's more clean energy than is provided by all the wind and solar facilities in Washington State added together. During legislative session earlier this year, Governor Inslee vetoed House Bill 1623 to address the risk of rolling blackouts and power supply inadequacy events despite the bill unanimously passing through both the state's House and Senate. So wait, unanimously? All the Democrats and Republicans voted for it? Jay Inslee wrote in his veto letter, ensuring that our electricity grid continues to reliably provide power to Washingtonians is a priority for me as well, which is why we have multiple state agencies already working on this issue. Well, it was unanimous. They could override his veto, right? Can can you not override a veto in Washington State? I don't know, man. I don't know. What I do know is that's jacked up. I mean, there's... There's a lot of stuff they're doing that's wrong, okay? And um, I'm just here trying to keep track of it for you because I know you probably, unlike me, have a life, you know? And it's uh, not the easiest thing in the world to keep up with everything. Here's dementia Joe, the guy who will never, ever deserve to be called president.
7: My dear mother used to have an expression: "If anything lousy something happen happens, you look hard enough for it." Mm -hmm. We have a chance here to make the fundamental turn for the energy, electric vehicles, and and not just electric vehicles, but across the board. And uh, and that's something we should be. My team is going to be sitting down with the CEOs of the major oil companies this week and try uh, to so get an explanation how they justify making $35 billion in the first quarter uh, Are
5: you planning to sit down with all the guest CEOs?
0: Mr. No. President? Why, why is that, sir? Because my team's going to do it. You wouldn't understand what they're talking about anyway. He's trying to demonize the companies that make it possible for us to drive our cars. As everything he and his... Handlers do. Makes it more expensive. Oh well, see, this is great because now we'll be able to transition to electric cars. We can't afford them, and that's not clean energy. Takes a lot of coal to provide that electricity for those electric cars. And how are you going to charge up your car every two or three hundred miles? If you got rolling blackouts. Uh, oh, also, what part of we're not interested in electric cars do you not get? Well, again, Biden and those controlling him want to be dictators. They don't care what you want. So they come up with this fantasy called climate change. And as an excuse for trying to control you, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's what that's about. Oh, oh, dementia Joe again. Saying recession is unlikely. Dude, if we're not in it already, I'd hate to see what it looks like.
7: I, 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 I even more likely than ever. Not the majority of them are saying that. Come on, don't make things up, okay? Now you sound like a Republican politician. I'm joking. That was, that was a joke. But all kidding aside, no, I don't think it is.
0: He doesn't think a recession is likely. He doesn't think. He doesn't think. Did you ever hear the audio of Joe Biden saying that crack users must go to jail? It was a few years back when he was still a senator, I guess back in the 90s when he got his uh, crime bill passed to send crack users to jail. Of course, rules for thee but not for me because clearly... That law does not apply to his son Hunter, who he knows full well has smoked a lot of crack in his time. I'm saying? See, I, I found this uh, this video clip, and it was superimposed on a video clip of Hunter smoking crack, a video taken from the laptop. That the mainstream media and a lot of uh, retired intel officials lied and said was Russian disinformation, knowing that it wasn't. If
7: you have a piece of crack cocaine no bigger than this quarter that I'm holding in my hand, one quarter of one dollar... We passed a law through the leadership of Senator Thurman and myself and others, a law that says, you're caught with that, you go to jail for five years. You get no probation. You get nothing other than five years in jail. Judge doesn't have a choice. Under our forfeiture statutes, you can, the government can, take everything you own. Everything from your car to your house, your bank account. Not merely what they confiscate in terms of the dollars from the transaction that you have just got caught engaging in. They can take everything. I don't care why they've become a sociopath. We have an obligation to cordon them off from the rest of society. They are in jail. Away from my mother, your husband, our families. So I don't want to ask, what made them do this? They must be taken off the
0: street. Except for Hunter. Yeah, we don't want to apply that to Hunter, right? It's amazing he's still alive, isn't it? It's amazing that he is still alive. Tom Fitton, Tom Fitton over at Judicial Watch, speaking out about the, uh, The Fauci cover-up.
3: Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with the latest on Fauci's agency and the China COVID cover-up. We have new documents out of Fauci's agency that show top officials there knew China was withholding key information in the early days of COVID that could have helped America better prepare for the pandemic. Now these documents have been hidden from us for two years and it took a federal lawsuit to get these records finally out of Fauci's agency.
1: I don't know about you, but I'm tired of the cover-up.
0: Yes, we're also tied to the cover-up. Now, that video is from April 13th of this year. Tom Fitton has an update today. He says, by the way, DOJ told the court Fauci and his top staff are personally reviewing emails and other documents before they are released, so he is personally responsible for the stonewalling and the cover-up. Now, speaking of the stonewalling, speaking of the cover-up, Have you ever heard a coroner a coroner admitting that someone died due to taking the covid vaccination a county coroner have you heard about that okay we got a um, We got a TV report. I think, they, I think the TV station is News 18 in Elmira, New York. Elmira, New York. And they have a story about a young man who died because of adverse reactions to the. Uh, the COVID vaccine. Have you heard about this? This is from February. I just came across it today. COVID-19 vaccine, according to the autopsy report from the county
7: coroner.
4: Now his family speaking out and remembering his legacy. 18 News reporter Tara Lynch investigates and shares his story. George Watts Jr. was a college student. Described as a homebody, he loved playing video games and being with his family. He's funny. Kind of shy. To know him and he's, he's a jokester, quick-witted kid. He wanted to take classes in person. To do that, he needed to be vaccinated, so he scheduled his COVID vaccine appointment. His first dose in August, his second in September. He wanted to get that one because that one was FDA approved. George Jr. started to feel sick.
7: I noticed he was starting when he started getting a puffy in the face, like a sinus issue. So, and uh, plus he had a cough, and I decided to take him to the emergency room to see what was going on.
4: That's where he was given antibiotics to treat a sinus infection. But a week later, George Jr. was still sick, so they went back to the ER. After that second visit, his symptoms got worse.
7: Another week goes by, and he's getting worse, his cough is getting worse. He's coughing up blood. He's, his feet are hurting, his hands are hurting, his eyes, his teeth are hurting. And he you know, didn't like the light, the sunlight.
4: But then, the unthinkable.
7: And I told him that I was going to take him to the emergency room the next day after I got out of work. We never made that trip to the emergency
4: room. George Jr. collapsed in his room on October 27th and was pronounced dead later that morning. His dad describes him as healthy, saying he had no underlying medical conditions. An autopsy report from the Bradford County Coroner's Office shows George Jr. died from, quote, COVID-19 vaccine-related myocarditis.
8: Myocarditis, is how I ruled it. Have you seen anything like this before? We are currently working on other cases that are... Um, related to vaccine and booster-related issues within our county, yes.
0: So right at the end, they've got this little clip from this uh, coroner, county coroner, okay, from um, Bradford County, Pennsylvania. And his name flashes up, Timothy Cahill, Jr. And so I did a... I did a search on the Internet for this guy to see, you know, can we, can we find out a little bit more? Because that was just a real quick clip at the end. And, look, God bless the TV station for doing the story in the first place. Okay? No complaints do I have with News 18 out of Elmira, New York, doing a story about a young man in northern Pennsylvania, losing his life from having taken the COVID vaccination. But the thing you have to understand about a local TV news report, they've only got so much time. They only have so much time. So I I, I did a search for this, the name of the, the coroner, Uh, Timothy Cahill Jr., county coroner for Bradford County, Pennsylvania, and I came up with, like, the whole two-minute back-and-forth interview the TV reporter did with the coroner, uh, you know, to put it into context. And uh, it's chilling I got to tell you, it's chilling.
8: Cause of death is the COVID nineteen vaccine related myocarditis, and then if you're looking at the autopsy report um, or under the comment section, if that's what you have. If you look at pathology report on page one, um, towards the bottom it says comment. And then it's where Dr. Staffaker has his information. Um, so what we did is actually took that information because uh, for the death certificate. So the cause of death is officially the COVID-19 vaccine-related myocarditis. Card- All right. Myocarditis is how I ruled it. And then the manner of death was ruled as natural. The cause of death is actually what a person dies from, mm-hmm. you know, what actually caused them to die or die, excuse me. The manner of death is... Um, the type of it meaning, like, okay, explain it, probably the easiest way to explain it is if someone was killed by another person, it would be homicide. Mm-hmm. So, if, and if you were killed in a motor vehicle crash, it would be an accidental death because of a crash related of an injuries. Mm-hmm. So, natural just means of a, some sort of natural causes. So, in this case, the vaccine caused a problem, and let me just look up to, myocarditis, let me look it up so I can. I don't tell you something wrong alright so myocarditis has different things but it's usually caused by a viral infection it causes and you know causes weakens weakens the heart which can then lead to heart failure so the vaccine caused that caused the heart to go into failure caused um, an infection in the heart so it makes it means that it's just of a natural cause but if it wasn't for the vaccine he wouldn't have you know he wouldn't more than likely wouldn't be passed away right now but have you seen uh,
6: anything like this before
8: um we are currently working on other cases that are um related to vaccine and booster related issues within our county yes
0: you uh, you still trust the government Do you still trust the medical establishment? Hmm? Do you? The uh, White House coronavirus coordinator pushing the vaccine for babies down to six months old. My name is
7: Dr. Ashish Jha, and I am the White House COVID-19 Response Coordinator. I have some really exciting news. The FDA and the CDC just authorized vaccines for kids under five. These vaccines are incredibly safe. They work to prevent serious illness. That's why I have gotten all three of my children vaccinated, and now if you're a parent of a kid under five, it's a great time to go out and get your child protected.
0: Get them vaccinated we not how much he's getting paid off because he knows that children under five are not at risk from serious illness. we not how much he's getting paid. I got to tell you. Independent journalist Jordan Schachtel over there at. Uh, Substack. Got a little article. Handing Over America's Youth to the mRNA Mafia. Subtitle, America is the only country in the world that allows for mRNA injections for infants. America is now the only country in the world that allows for experimental mRNA injections for kids under five years old And sadly, rather unsurprisingly, a significant portion of my country is celebrating this insanity. The chief pharmaceutical propagandist in the White House has declared these shots as life-saving, encouraging the shots for a population that remains entirely unaffected by COVID-19. Whose lives are being saved exactly when the shots have zero benefit? Do not prevent infection or transmission and can only increase risks to a vulnerable population. Yep, you guessed it. Big Pharma is the beneficiary. Wow. Rochelle Walensky. Remember, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, director of the CDC? She announced Saturday, today I endorsed ASIP's recommendation that all children six months through five years of age should receive a COVID-19 vaccination. All right, now, ACIP is the CDC's Advisory Committee on Immunization Practices. She said, parents, I strongly encourage you to get your children vaccinated against COVID-19. I kind of like what talk show host Jesse Kelly out of Houston said. This person should be arrested and put on trial. That's not being radical. That's the appropriate response when government officials intentionally harm the public. Did you know so-called vaccinated children in America are having to get their hearts checked out before they're allowed to play sports? The head of the CDC is pushing it for children even younger She's doing this because she's not afraid of going to prison. Send them to prison. Yep. That's what needs to happen. That's absolutely, positively what needs to happen. These people need to be held Accountable. And I appreciate the kind comments for the people listening to the live stream on the on the Podbean app. Now I've got plenty more. Mike Lindell explains what happened when he got canceled by Walmart. The United States Navy is more concerned about pronouns than they are about protecting us from all enemies, foreign and domestic. And the pharmacist at a big box store in Houston refuses to fill a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. I'm just getting started. There's so much to talk about. Let me once again express how thankful we are to our advertisers. I want to mention a couple of them to you. They make it possible for us to do what we do. Like my friend Justin Minton, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton in Benton. Now, Justin's a former insurance adjuster who left the insurance industry to become a private lawyer, founded the Minton Law Firm to help injured people, fight against powerful insurance companies and corporations. And he has sure helped me out with the three automobile accidents I've been in since 2019. The Minton Law Firm has a great team of lawyers, including the 2016 Trial Lawyer of the Year, and the 2016 Outstanding Young Lawyer of the Year. The insurance companies take Justin Minton and his team of lawyers seriously because they know they can and will take your case to trial if need be. So, whether you want to go to trial or settle out of court, it's a really good idea to have a knowledgeable trial attorney on your side. Justin's team aims to bring justice to clients who've been injured and need somebody to stand up for them. No matter what the injury, Justin Minton makes sure the Minton Law Firm always works hard for you. Whether you're in a car wreck, heard of the job, or you or a loved one is suffering from the callousness of another, if you're in Arkansas, Justin Minton Law, M-I-N-T-O-N, Minton & Benton, is here to help you. Just call the Minton Law Firm, 501-943-4195, or visit JustinMintonLaw.com today. I'd like to help you with some health issues. Do you have migraines? Neck pain? Back pain? vertigo, acid reflux, eczema, problems with your blood sugar, maybe even hay fever. Okay, let's do a little test. Look in the mirror. Does one eye look bigger than the other? Are your eyes off balance? Are your shoulders off balance? Look at a picture of yourself. Are you tilting your head to the left or the right instead of sitting up or standing up straight? If the answer to any of these questions is yes, you probably need to get your atlas adjusted. That's how I got rid of my migraines, neck pain, and hay fever. Let me explain to you how it works, because it's the best-kept secret in American healthcare. Your skull weighs anywhere from 8 to 15 pounds. It rests on the top bone of your spinal column, the atlas, which only weighs 2 ounces. So it's really easy for your atlas to get out of alignment. If it does, your whole spinal column can get kinked up like a chain, restricting your central nervous system's ability to send impulses to the rest of your body. It can affect your respiratory system reproductive system, circulatory system, even digestive system. And yes, it can cause migraines, neck pain, back pain, acid reflux, eczema, vertigo, problems with your blood sugar. Do yourself a favor. If you're in Arkansas, call my friends at the Arkansas Upper Cervical Center, 501-279-2009 for a free consultation to see if you need to get your atlas adjusted because you probably do. If you're outside Central Arkansas, go to their website, turnmypoweron.com, and click on Find a Doctor Near You. And I sure hope you can. Thanks again to our advertisers and friends, doctors J.R. and Tanya Crabtree, Arkansas surgical Center, who are my doctors, and my good friend Justin Minton, who is my attorney, Minton and Benton, M-I-N-T-O-N. All right. Having said that, it's time to say, hit it, Brian. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. It's the Don Washburn Show Tweet of the Day. Brought to you by RedRiverYourWay.com. Red River Your Way, a big old car dealership in the middle of the USA. The believes in freedom, including your freedom to buy the car, truck, van, or SUV of your choice. The way you want to. Online have it delivered to your front door anywhere in the continental United States. Today's tweet of the day is from Tim Young, a comedian and a columnist over the Washington Times with over a half a million followers on Twitter. Talking about the head of Ukraine, he says Zelensky permanently banning opposition parties is exactly the type of so-called democracy Democrats want in America. No wonder they love him. Yeah, did you know that? He uh, he banned the top opposition party in his country and took all their assets. That's weird. I thought Ukraine was supposed to be, uh, that war was about, supposed to be about uh, preserving and, protecting democracy over there. Wasn't that what it was supposed to be about? Anyway, just so you know, not not everything is always what it's cracked up to be. Do you see the latest over there? Um, In Ukraine, Ben Stiller showed up. Yes, all of Hollywood is going to kiss the ring to shake this guy's hand. Which is kind of weird because I thought he was a wartime president having a 24-7, you know, be on the lookout for trying to figure out how to keep uh, Russia from defeating him in, uh, what do you call, a, a war. No, no, he's got plenty of time to meet with all these folks. It's amazing to me. Now, I played you... Earlier on the show today, a really serious concern that a political science Ph.D. guy at University of Chicago has, which is, you know, great powers tend to be pretty paranoid, and you push them, you push them, you push them, you make them more paranoid, and next thing you know, you might have a war on your hands, you know? And... Look, I I realize that Robert Gates, first secretary of defense for Obama, says that in 40 years of public life, Joe Biden had always been wrong on every foreign policy issue. I, I, I get that. But, you know, you wonder why they want war with Russia. Why do they want a hot war? Why do they want a shooting war? What what are they hoping for? That that Russia will launch a nuke and hit Florida? Uh, I'm I'm not. Was he always says not a joke? Why are they poking the bear? What is our national interest? What is our foreign policy interest? Our national security interest in going to war with Russia? which has a lot of nukes. What possible good outcome could come from that? I don't know. I can't call it. So, the U.S. Navy did a, um, a public service video. Both of these people are actually employees of the U.S. Navy, and they're talking about pronouns. Now, I was not in the military, but it really concerns me that whenever I see something on social media about how woke a military is getting, you have all these veterans saying we're going to lose a major war. Because they're focusing on this garbage instead of on doing what militaries are supposed to do, which is to break things and kill people. And um, it's just a major, major concern of a lot of veterans that our military is being hollowed out, that they're getting rid of all the good ones and keeping knuckleheads like this. Hi, my name is Johnny, and I use he, him pronouns.
9: Hi, and I'm Kanchi and I use she, her pronouns.
0: Yeah, we don't care. Get out of our face with your pronouns. And We're here to talk about pronouns. Don't care. I'll say whatever I want. I got freedom of speech. I don't have to call you he, him, she, her.
9: What is a pronoun? A pronoun.
0: Who cares what a pronoun is?
9: It's how we identify ourselves apart from our name, and it's also how people refer to us in conversations. I'll
0: call you
10: whatever I want. Using the right pronouns is a really simple way to affirm someone's identity.
0: Oh, that's the last thing in the world I want to do. Yeah, I don't want to affirm the identity of a man pretending he's a woman or a woman pretending he's a woman pretending she's a man. That's why I never fit I'll never fit on Fox News. I'm not going to play the Sean Hannity game of pretending Bruce Jenner is a lady. Not going to work. I'm resistant. It is a signal of acceptance and respect. I don't accept it. I don't respect it. It's mental illness. It's evil.
9: If it's a signal of acceptance and respect, how do we go about creating a safe space for everybody?
0: That's a- a safe space? I thought you were the military. Ah! Good question. A uh, really no—that's a bad question. A good way to do that is to use inclusive language. No, 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 no. I'm going to use exclusive language. I'm going to exclude, not include.
10: Instead of saying something like "Hey guys," you can say "Hey everyone" or "Hey
0: team." Hey guys.
9: Yeah, and now that you say that, another way that we could show that we're allies and that we accept everybody is to maybe include our pronouns in our emails or, like we just did, introduce ourselves using our
0: pronouns. But I'm not your ally, so I'm not going to do it. But what would I do if I uh, misgender someone? Uh, Reject the premise. I'm not misgendering someone. Bruce Jenner has male DNA in every cell of his body because that's the way God uh, created him. And that's never going to change. Even if, uh, you know, he has surgery to mutilate himself. Not going to change. Still a guy.
9: I think the first thing to recognize is that it's not the end of the world. You correct yourself and move on or you accept the correction and move on.
0: Not going to correct anything.
9: The most important thing I can tell you is do not put the burden of making you feel good about your mistake on the person that you just misgendered.
0: No mistake. No misgendering. A guy's a guy. A girl's a girl. Got it? Oh,
10: thank you for telling me that.
0: Oh, he wasn't expecting that. Thank you for telling me that. It's not like this whole thing is a setup. He's acting surprised. Oh, really? So that's what to do? Not like they went over this before they did the video. What a maroon.
9: And another tip uh,
0: for you. Oh, I need another tip from these knuckleheads.
9: Remember their uh, pronoun next time. It's in your mind. Kind of go through a progression of three good things about the person using their pronoun. So let's say the person chooses to use day. Then you will in your mind go, they have a nice shirt. They have a nice smile. They are really
0: smart. No. He or she is not smart because they as a plural refers to more than one person. And he is only one person and she is only one person.
9: I'm not going to play the game. So that kind of sticks in your brain?
0: That is No, 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 no. It sticks in your brain. It's so helpful. Um- no, it's not helpful. It's absurd.
10: I want to know, what would I do if I want to know someone's gender identity or pronouns?
9: The most important thing is do not pressure anybody into giving you their pronouns.
0: Do not pressure anybody into playing along with your sick game.
9: Some people may be going through the process of discovery and they are not ready yet to tell you what their pronouns are. And that-
0: How does that process work, the process of discovery? I mean, how hard do you need to be brainwashed? That's okay. You're not going to answer that question, are you?
10: So I should just lead with my pronouns, and they may follow or not, and if they don't, then
0: I can just continue to use gender-neutral language. Are you asking for permission, son? You can't handle the truth. It sounds like he's asking her for permission. Now, remember, both of these people um, are actually part of the United States Navy. How far have we fallen?
9: Yes, exactly. Just to share something with you that happened uh, the other day at a cucket I was at, we were uh, talking about pronouns, and somebody was disagreeing with how different people... Um, see themselves as different pronouns and the argument was if you look like a female then it's she her because that's what's normal and if you make me call you something else then you're infringing on my rights
0: that's right not if you look like a female if you are a female and making me call you something different is infringing on my rights capisce
9: and I've, I was really taken aback by the comment, and I really wasn't sure.
0: I think she meant I was taken aback, not taking aback. How do you take aback?
9: How to respond, and the only thing I could really think quickly to say was, it's not about you at all, and it's mostly and ultimately about respect.
0: It, ah... So join with the collective, comrade. Get with the program. Be a good little Marxist. Sorry. Um, America is about individualism and freedom. Not this garbage. It is about respect.
10: That's an important point to make. And I think you did the right thing. I know you didn't.
0: Respect this. A man pretending to be a woman is mentally ill. A woman pretending to be a man is mentally ill, and it's sin. It's evil. I think it's important to keep it
10: short and simple. What I would have said to help them understand better is to talk about mispronouncing names. For example, you guys are so brainwashed. For example: My name is Johnny, spelled J-O-N-Y. And it's normal for someone to pronounce my name like Joni. But if I were to tell you over and over again, my name is Johnny, and you insist on mispronouncing my name, I would feel disrespected by you.
0: Mispronouncing a name is different than being forced to pretend that a man is a woman or a woman is a man. It's not a good analogy, Joni. Some names are very difficult to pronounce,
10: but do you know what is very easy to pronounce? She, he, they.
0: Reminds me of the uh, words of the great philosopher Bugs Bunny. What a maroon! The United States Navy pushes pronouns, and veterans continue to insist that we're going to lose a major war. Man! Oh, man, I hope they're wrong. I hope they're wrong. But that's just... uh, I just... I can't play along. Oh, by the way, hear what Biden did? Last week... Usurper Joe Biden—I'll never call him president—signed an historic executive order ordering the Department of Health and Human Services to expand efforts to increase the ability of Americans, including children who identify as transgender, to obtain same to obtain sex change surgeries. Now, Republicans in the Arkansas le- state legislature. Passed a law to outlaw that, but Arkansas's re- Republican in name only governor Asa Hutchinson vetoed the bill because Walmart, Tyson, Murphy Oil, and the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce wanted him to. So he's not going to have a problem with this. In a fact sheet issued last week, the Biden administration said. Biden believes no one should face discrimination because of who they are or whom they love. Since Biden took office, he has championed the rights of LGBTQI plus Americans and people around the world accelerating the march toward full equality. The executive order will address a slew of Republican legislation banning transgender surgeries for minors and biological males from girls' spaces. Legislation dubbed by the Biden administration as legislative attacks against LGBTQI plus children and families. It will also crack down on conversion therapy, which the Biden administration describes as a discredited and dangerous practice that seeks to suppress or change the sexual orientation or gender identity of LGBTQI plus people Ordering Health and Human Services to explore guidance to clarify that federally funded programs cannot offer so-called conversion therapy. Well, when you castrate a child, if that's not conversion therapy, I don't know what is. These people are evil and they need to be prosecuted. They need to be prosecuted. Yeah. One comment here on the Podbean app, something I want to point out is that transgenders like to use the the, they pronoun. So they do not know what they are, or are they actually admitting they're only two genders? That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. What I do know is that they... Their problem is not really with you or me. Their problem was with their creator, with God. Nathaniel Blake, senior contributor over The Federalist, said about Biden's executive order to try to keep uh, mutilation of children legal. This is unconstitutional and evil. What they call transgender health care consists of persuading unhappy young women that they are boys and then shooting them full of testosterone and lopping off their breasts. That is what should be illegal. Yeah, it should be. It really should be. So Mike Lindell Talking about what happened when he got canceled by Walmart.
11: Been the same rating if you're if that's what you're talking about at Walmart uh, forever. We've been ten years. And he and he goes he go and I said so. What is that after? He go well we put this new rating and you have to be at a four. And I go what do you, when did you put this in? You ready everybody? He goes over two years ago. I said wait a minute. So you put it in over two years ago. And now you're saying you can't carry my pillow two plus years later because of a rating? When we have sold twenty million dollars or uh, uh, my pillows a, a year and more, maybe upwards of forty million in your store, and you're telling me that you put this thing in two and a half years ago? And I said, I get it. You're canceling us. And he had this smirk on his face, and I slammed the computer disgusting. Shame on you, Walmart. Shame on you. You know, just because you thought you could wait until now for the American people, for the people of this country to sit there and do a slow cancel out. It's just as bad. You should have just done it on day one when I uh, when I stood up with the evidence out there. That's what they should have done, Brandon. You know, they're they're cowards. They're disgusting.
0: Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. By the way, the great Joanne Mason over on uh, Twitter says there's no reasonable debate to be had with people who argue that exposing children to highly sexualized content and discussion is perfectly fine, but adults should be shielded from speech they dislike on public forums. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way to have a reasonable debate with these people. None whatsoever. Now, before I forget, new, new article out from Daily Wire, video shows people, no, video shows police never tried to open door to get in Texas classroom where Shooter was. Uvalde. Law enforcement officials reportedly never tried to open the door at a Texas elementary school last month where a shooter murdered 19 children and two teachers. San Antonio Express News newspaper reported surveillance footage shows that police never tried to open a door to two classrooms at Robb Elementary School in Uvalde, In the 77 minutes between the time a gunman entered the rooms and massacred 21 people and officers finally breached the door and killed him. The newspaper noted that the information came from a law enforcement official who was involved in investigating law enforcement's response to the tragedy. Investigators believe the 18-year-old gunman who killed 19 children and two teachers at the school on May 24th could not have locked the door to the connected classrooms from the inside. The doors are reportedly designed so they can only be locked or unlocked from the outside, and police might have assumed that the door was locked. The report said it is not known if the door to the classroom where the 18-year-old Hispanic male was holed up was even locked. The source told the local newspaper it didn't even matter whether the door was locked because officers had access the entire time to a Halligan. That's a crowbar like tool that could have opened the door to the classrooms even if it was locked. The news comes as a report from the New York Times revealed that a law enforcement official with the city of Uvalde, not the school district, who was armed with an AR 15 style rifle had the opportunity to shoot the attacker before he entered the school but didn't because he hesitated over fear that he might hit kids in the background. The report noted, the chief deputy sheriff said that any attempt to shoot the moving gunman would have been difficult and that the officer would undoubtedly have faced harsh criticism and possibly even a criminal investigation had he missed and hit a bystander in the distance, especially a child. Uvalde, Texas, Independent School District Police Chief Pete Arredondo arrived on scene without having a radio on him at 11.35 a.m. as at least two responding officers were already moving into the hallway outside the classroom door where the attacker was located. Arredondo used a cell phone to call the police department to ask for a radio, a rifle, and heavily armed backup. New York Times reported the decision to establish a perimeter outside the classroom, a little over five minutes after the shooting began, shifted the police response from one in which every officer would try to confront the gunman as fast as possible to one where officers treated the gunman as barricaded and no longer killing. Instead of storming the classroom, a decision was made to deploy... A negotiator and to muster a more heavily armed and shielded tactical entry force. Well, that goes against all the training they had received recently, just so you know. Bill Francis, a former FBI agent who was a senior leader on the FBI's hostage rescue team for 17 years, told the New York Times officials made a poor decision defining that as a hostage barricade situation because the longer you delay in finding and eliminating that threat, the longer he has to continue to kill other victims, which is exactly what he did. I say, it's exactly what he did. Outrageous. So the January 6th committee continues their charade. It's being reported they want to interview... Jenny Thomas, the wife of Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And again, the great talk show host out of Houston, Jesse Kelly, said, the GOP could easily stop all this January 6th committee nonsense, announced today... That if it doesn't stop immediately, there will be a new committee after the November election that will look into the Antifa Black Lives Matter riots and the Democrat connections to them with subpoenas. Well, yep, Jesse, but they're not going to do that because too many Republicans are part of the Uniparty. And they don't want to upset the apple cart, you know what I'm saying? Now, Dr. Simone Gold... founder of America's frontline doctors reported last week, a new study from the national Bureau of economic research reveals over 170,000 non COVID excess deaths among Americans in 2020 and 2021, most likely due to lockdowns. Remember when doctors and others were banned from social media for warning about the harmful effects of lockdowns? Well, guess what? Guess what? The day that she reported on that, she was given a 60-day sentence for having been at the U.S. Capitol January 6, 2021, even though uh, you know she's a doctor, she didn't hurt anybody, had no weapon, no vandalism, no nothing. Why? Because the Biden regime wants to punish as many Trump supporters as possible. Dr. Stephen Phillips, Yale-trained doctor, says, one of the smartest physicians I know said to me yesterday, I feel trust in government and the medical and science establishment is forever shattered for a sizable and ever-growing proportion of the population. Can't say it better than that. That's true, brother. Hate to admit it, but it's true. Now, you remember uh, last week when a Mexican-born young lady of legal immigrants to the United States Republican became the first Republican United States representative elected to the U.S. House, from that part of Texas in 150 years. And she's strong anti-illegal immigration and strong pro-life. Tom Fitton said, remember, establishment Republicans have long said the party needs to support amnesty, open borders and mass immigration in order to appeal to Hispanic voters does anyone still seriously believe this I hope not I hope not the great Allie Beth Stuckey she's got her own podcast called Relatable she said um Homicide is the leading cause of death for pregnant and postpartum women and black women are by far the most likely victims. Perpetrator in all cases is almost always a boyfriend. Seems like this should be discussed more. Yeah, it, it, it really does. It really does. Especially when you consider the murder of Lise Dodd, 22-year-old pregnant woman in Alton, Illinois. They've arrested her former boyfriend. They say he beheaded his pregnant ex-girlfriend at her home in Illinois. You didn't hear about that, did you? See, the media uh, do not want to talk about it outside of local news there because DeAndrea Holloway, the alleged murderer, happens to be black and his ex-girlfriend, Lise Dodd, happens to be white. The oh, other way around, if the alleged murderer was white and the victim was black, Everybody in America would know the names because the media wants to pit us against each other. They want to separate us. They have a double standard. They want white folk and black folk to hate each other. Don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. Now I I need to share with you something that, um, I'm really proud of the Texas Republican Party for. UK Daily Mail has a story. I don't know if y'all heard about this. You're probably not going to hear about it on Fox News. Some tell me you're probably not going to hear about this on Fox News. Newsmax, I don't know. Texas Republicans declare Biden's 2020 election win illegitimate at state convention. Well, they also penned a resolution calling homosexuality an abnormal lifestyle choice. How about that? The Texas GOP voted to ratify a resolution that declared Joe Biden was not legitimately elected president. That's true. Highlights from the convention saw a rebuking of Senator John Cornyn for engaging in gun reform talks and voting in favor of repealing of the Voting Rights Act. Donald Trump comfortably won the state of Texas during the 2020 presidential election by more than 600,000 votes. Yes. See that they didn't have to try to steal Texas to steal it for Biden. In addition to declaring homosexuality be abnormal, the party also voted against all efforts to validate transgender identity. Now, why on earth would they say homosexuality is abnormal? Maybe because they take the Bible seriously. Could that be it? Oh, it says, Members voted to repeal the Voting Rights Act, a law that was passed to make it easier to black Americans to vote. Probably meant for black Americans. Well, see, I mean, nobody's trying to keep black Americans from voting these days. Y'all remember that, um, that voter reform law they passed in Georgia, the Stacey Abrams lied about and said they're trying to make it harder for black folk to uh, to vote in Major League Baseball. Remove the All Star Game from the stadium where the Atlanta Braves play in Atlanta, and really, really cause a lot of small black businesses to take a financial hit. And now it turns out the next election. Voting participation, including black voting participation, was way up. So so I guess they lied, huh? I hope you're sitting down. Because some, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes politicians will lie. I used to say it just about um, Democrat politicians, but I've seen some crazy stuff going on in Arkansas. Some crazy stuff going on in Arkansas with Republicans in Republican primaries. Just, just so you know, just thought you might be interested. Breitbart has the exclusive. Biden Department of Homeland Security instructs Border Patrol agents to not apprehend migrants on walls in, or in the Rio Grande River. That's right. A new Border Patrol enforcement policy has been disseminated to agents warning them not to enforce immigration laws or attempt to arrest migrants near waterways, walls, canals, or other barriers. According to a source with the Border Patrol, The policy most likely foreshadows pending administrative disciplinary charges against members of the agency's horse patrol unit lodged during the Haitian migrant crisis in Del Rio. See, they're going to punish these guys who were not whipping the Haitians. That was a big lie. And it's proved to be a big lie, and they're going to punish them anyway. Who would want to go to work every day as a Border Patrol agent with the administration against you? Oh, wait, what? Texas woman convicted of 26 counts of voter fraud. Uh, I thought the Libs always told us it didn't happen. A former volunteer deputy registrar from Southeast Texas pleaded guilty to 26 felony counts of voter fraud stemming from a 2018 local utility board election. Monica Mendez of Port Lavaca has been convicted of three counts of illegal voting, eight counts of election fraud, seven counts of assisting a voter to submit a ballot by mail and eight counts of unlawful possession of a mail ballot. That's a press release from Texas attorney general, Ken Paxton. Her guilty plea was entered on June 9th, according to the Victoria, Texas advocate newspaper. I thought the the libs always said that kind of stuff didn't happen. What's that about? Oh, you never, uh, you never know, do you? You never know. Let me see. Do I have any more audio? Yeah, yeah. As a matter of fact, I do. Uh, um, Cindy Yang is. A pharmacist at a Costco in Cypress, Texas. That's Houston. A lot of our uh, Houston, our our Texas listeners know about Cypress, Texas. Anyway, now look, I'm a big fan of Costco. I have not used the uh, the pharmacy at the one in Little Rock yet, but I'm so glad they moved in. Um, they just they're just so much better than Sam's Club. Uh, I don't know how to tell you, but that's, it is what it is. You know, we gave up our Sam's club membership. Um, when it expired, we're like, okay, that's all we're done. Love Costco. But, but a pharmacist at the Costco in Cypress, Texas, right there in Houston, decided that she didn't want to fill a prescription for hydroxychloroquine. So a conversation was had. It sounds like between the doctor and the pharmacist. I thought you might find this edifying.
12: Hydroxychloroquine? Yeah, we're not discussing it at this time for that, for that diagnosis. Okay, can I get your name, please? Cindy, Cindy, what's your last name? Wayne, W-A-N-G. Okay, why are you not dispensing it? Um, it's just not the It's not recommended by like the FDA or anything like that. And it's not. There's shown studies that show that it's not effective. So, have you gone to Have you gone to medical school? No, ma'am. I went to pharmacy school. Okay, so are you treating patients? Okay. Are you treating patients? Are, are you Are you going to take care of this patient? If this patient gets sicker, or what's your What's your role in this patient's care? I'm the pharmacist. who's dispensing the medication. Exactly. So, what business is it of yours? Whether or not it's indicated, and do, um, are you aware? Are, are, are you aware that the FDA allows off-label use of prescription medications? That there is no um, contraindications to doing that. But we also have the ability. We also have the right to also not fill something. If we choose to not film something. Okay, well, you know what? It's going to happen. You're going to be reported to the board. And this is also going on social media. Thank you.
0: There you go. That's how you play to win. That's how you play to win. All right. Now, I, I do have one other piece of, uh, of audio here that I need to share with you. Uh, This is from Dr. Claire Craig. Now, I need to tell you a little bit about her before I play the audio. Um, She is a uh, British geophysicist, civil servant, and science communicator. Since 2019, she has been the provost of the Queen's College in England. And I saw when I looked her up on Wikipedia, after her name there was um, this abbreviation, CBE. And I knew I should know what that is. The most excellent order of the British Empire is a British order of chivalry rewarding contributions to the arts and sciences, work with charitable and welfare organizations and public service outside the civil service. So she's been given this great honor over there. Um, so she got a BA in natural Science at Cambridge and also a Doctor of Philosophy at Cambridge. And uh, she was the director of government office for science and later chief science policy officer at the Royal Society. was appointed commander of the order of the British Empire, CBE, in 2006. So, highly distinguished. The provost of the Queen's College. And she's got some real concerns about folk that are pushing the vaccine for babies. And here's what she said.
13: I'm Dr. Claire Craig. I'm a diagnostic pathologist, and I am co-chair of the Heart Group. And I want to take you through the evidence that Pfizer just presented to the FDA on the 6 months to 4 year old children.
0: Can you understand that, the evidence that Pfizer just presented to, for the 6 months to 4 year old children? I, I hope you can.
13: There's an awful lot about this trial that has shocked me, and I think will shock you too. The trial recruited 4,526 children aged from six months to four years old. 3,000 of these children did not make it to the end of the trial. That is a huge number. Two thirds of them. Why was there this drop off? That needs to be answered. And without an answer to that, on that basis alone, this trial should be deemed null and void. So what did the trial show? Well, they defined severe COVID as children who had a slightly raised heart rate or a few more breaths per minute. There were six children aged two to four who had severe COVID in the vaccine group, but only one in the placebo group. So on that basis the likelihood that this vaccine is actually causing severe COVID is higher than the likelihood that it is. There was actually one child who was hospitalized in this trial. They had a fever and a seizure. They had been vaccinated. So now let's turn to what they defined as any COVID. And what they did was to utterly twist the data. They vaccinated the children and they waited three weeks after the first dose before the second dose. In that three-week period, 34 of the vaccinated children got COVID and only 13 in the placebo group, which worked out as a 30% increased chance of catching COVID in that three-week period if you were vaccinated. So they ignored that data. And then there was an eight-week gap between the second dose and the third dose, where again children were getting plenty of COVID in the vaccine arm, so they ignored that data. There was then seven weeks after the third dose, which they also ignored, which meant that in the end they had ignored ninety seven percent of the COVID that occurred during the trial.
0: I, I think you get the point. I mean there's there's two and a half more minutes, but I just, I don't know, it doesn't seem like the audio is quite what it should be. They ignored a lot of data. And they approved the vaccines for babies. And we're the only country in the world that's done that. There's going to be a reckoning. There's there's going to be a reckoning. Um, we should have some kind of Nuremberg trials. And... Um, I mean, look, we we all have to stand before the Lord to give an account for what we've done in this life. But I hope there will be a reckoning. I hope there will be trials for these people pushing this stuff um, before they leave this earth. Our only hope, because we will all have to stand before God, our only hope is that God sent his son to die for our sins on the cross. And he commands us to repent of our sins and obey him. So um, I used to talk about this on the campaign trail when I was running for governor. I, When I decided to run for governor, I had no idea I would be sharing the gospel with people. But I did know that I wanted to run for governor to be glorifying the Lord. And, and I believe whenever you get an opportunity to share the gospel, it is it does glorify God. It's going to be a reckoning. I played for you earlier the audio from a TV report. Elmira, in New York reported on a young man in uh, Bradford County, Pennsylvania who died from the COVID vaccine. That was the ruling from the coroner. Okay? Just so you know. Um, update on the Glenn Maxwell story. It's, I know the S is silent. It's not Gisling, It's Glenn. It sounds almost like G L E N N. UK daily mail. Uh, this came out today. They got the exclusive Glenn Maxwell touted her connection to Bill Clinton and how she helped launch the Clinton Global Initiative to prove her desire to do good in the world as she seeks a lower sentence for trafficking underage girls for Jeffrey Epstein. Galen Maxwell pointed to her work for Bill Clinton's philanthropic endeavors as she argued she should serve just four years in jail at her sentencing next Monday. The 77 page filing references... Maxwell's history of philanthropy, charitable work, and helping others, namely her work with the Clinton Global Initiative. Pre-sentencing filings sent by Maxwell's lawyers claim she should spend far less time behind bars than the 50-year stretch she's currently facing. This paints Maxwell, 60, as a victim of pedophile ex-boyfriend Jeffrey Epstein and says her life has already been ruined by the disgrace of her conviction. Says the inmate at Brooklyn's Metropolitan Detention Center had been offered cash to strangle Maxwell in her sleep. Maxwell was convicted, of course, of trafficking, sexually abusing underage girls last December. Trafficking, trafficking, trafficking. That means that she was providing them to someone else. But... Um, why have none of these other people been named? Why have none of these people she was trafficking the girls to been indicted? What's, uh, what's up with that? Oh, by the way, did you know that um, one of the lead prosecutors against Glenn Maxwell is uh, former FBI Director James Comey's daughter? Look, I'm not saying the fix is in, but the fix is in, okay? All I'm saying, Holmes? I'm not saying the fix is in, but the fix is in. Just so you know. just so you know so um the story about the um hear about the guy who who smashed his car into a uh, Store selling Trump memorabilia in Easton, Massachusetts. Have you seen that viral video that's going all over social media? They said he did it about uh, 5 p.m. last Thursday. The New England for Trump store in Easton, Massachusetts. The moment a 42-year-old anti-Trumper with voices in his head smashed car into Massachusetts' store. Selling memorabilia dedicated to the forty-fifth president, while blaring "Smells Like Teen Spirit" by Nirvana. Oh, voices in his head. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what made them do it. Yeah, they always, they always blame crimes of violence on uh, mental illness. Yeah, I got a got a cop a plea, mental illness. It's only by the grace of God that a an employee of the store narrowly narrowly missed being the subject of the violence. Just so you know. Just so you know, Bill Nye, Bill Nye in the news? What? Wait, what? They call him a science guy because he's not a scientist. He's an engineer. Read a history book. Bill Nye schooled online after claiming Juneteenth was the day slavery ended in the U.S., even though it was not fully abolished until six months later. 66-year-old Bill Nye mistakenly said Juneteenth was the day slavery ended in the U.S. Monday. And people were quick to tell the TV educator he was wrong. Nye, known for his eponymous educational 90s TV program, Bill Nye the Science Guy, made the assertion in a tweet Sunday afternoon. The Post saw the star attempt to ring in the holiday with some historical insight. The date, made into a federal holiday by Joe Biden last year, commemorates the, uh, the emancipation of slaves. United States following the end of the Civil War. Well, no. Even the UK Daily Mail is wrong. No, um, the date was the day that slaves in Texas found out they had been emancipated. That's what it actually was. But anyway, what a mess. What a mess. Any updates? Um, any more updates from Julie Kelly? Let me double check. Julie Kelly is a good, a good person to follow on uh, on Twitter if you're trying to keep up with what's going on with the January six folks. So, um Yeah. We got a lot of got a lot of information about the uh, the people working for Stephen Colbert, the Late Show guy. Um, oh, okay, she was on with uh, Tucker Carlson a little bit earlier this evening. So let's, uh, let's see what she told Tucker before we get out of here. Yeah, this, this is important update, breaking news. Now, Stephen Colbert's
2: coup plotters apparently spent the night in the clink, one night. Is that adequate based on recent precedent in insurrections?
14: It absolutely is not. And the fact that these insurrectionists are just running free around yeah. L.A. or wherever they are, I mean, they yeah. they are terrorists. They really threaten our national yeah. security.
2: I'm literally, and, and literally, literally shaking.
14: Literally shaking. I mean, I spent all weekend, Tucker, trying to explain to my children what the... Pre June 16, America looked like. I know, and they don't—they don't even remember it. I know. Um, So that you know, that's just going to be our burden, trying to you know make history uh, memorable so, to, to, so to future generations.
2: <laughs> that okay. is so good. Uh, I have to pause and laugh. I'm sorry, I broke character. Excuse me. That is that is fantastic. But can we just exactly. let, let's just say for the sake, just in case we we're arguing, like you know, a pre-Biden America, where justice was pretty much meted out equally. What punishment, based on very recent precedent, would Stephen Colbert's insurrectionists face?
14: Well, first it would be the felony charge that is most commonly applied to January 6 protesters, and that is obstruction of an official proceeding. I mean, these insurrectionists went to the January 6th committee hearing. They were prohibited from being there because they had already been denied special press credentials. Of course, they're not media. They're not entertainers, Tucker. They are Democrat Party activists. That's they correct. are no different than any of the people who were there on January 6th. I mean, Stephen Colbert is a Democrat party loyalist he spends his entire show beating up on trump and republicans so they were there as activists so they they could have actually shut down this committee um and so think about that think of the hort think of liz cheney's face if the puppet dog guy um caused her committee to pause i mean that is it's just beyond the pale and so they definitely need to be arrested charged with obstruction of an official proceeding, um, sent to jail, pre-trial detention. Um, so that that's just the first step. And then there are several other uh, misdemeanors that should be applied to them as well. Yeah.
0: There you go. There you go. And um, a big thank you. To Stephen Colbert. A, no, 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 stop. A big thank you and a big shout out to a guy on Twitter Who specializes in getting these video clips? Uh, Josh, the dirty truth over on Twitter. A great guy who makes my job a lot easier. I don't know how he does it. I'm technologically challenged. I guess Josh is a lot younger than me. Anyway, um, I appreciate y'all so much. Really do. You've been listening to episode 177 of the all new Doc Washburn Show. The views and opinions expressed on the Doc Washburn Show do not necessarily reflect those of our advertisers, but they love us and we love them. Today's program has been produced by Tim Terrible, directed by Mick Messi. This has been a terribly messy production. Portions of today's show will be taken overseas and dropped. If you'd like a transcript of today's episode of the all-new Doc Washburn Show, simply peel the roof off a Rolls-Royce panel truck and send it to Mansoor's Computer Solutions, 7th floor of the Ephemeral B. Smoot Building, Whitehall, Arkansas, in care of Sheriff Mansoor Sempier X. And that's the way it is, Monday, June 20th, 2022.